Happy birthday to those who have had birthdays in the month of April and May. I want to say happy birthday to you. Today we're going to be looking at a passage of scripture in the Old Testament. And uh, Cheryl, I heard that your Lexus broke down. Cheryl has a sharp Lexus. It's red. Has it has the name Ford on it? She just substituted the name Ford, Ford Tarsus, but it's really a Lexus. <laughs> so Cheryl, Cheryl, she sent me a text last night and said, "Please pray for me and my car." <laughs> Let's have a word of prayer. If you would stand, please. Lord, we are thankful today for mothers. Thank you for the privilege of being able to share the word of God to visitors from First, not First Mission, the Presbyterian, Maria's friends, Sanja's, the birthdays, Mia, all those that are here that have not been here, the moms, and we just thank you. And again, we pray especially for Mother Catherine, Pierre, Lewis, Linda, praying for the family right now. And even those that experience what happened, shock that comes as a result, the PTSD that often follows. We're praying for protection, and we're praying in the name of Jesus that young people, older people, that when they hear that we need to guard our ways, we need to watch, we need to pray, we need to be careful how we live. God, we don't know when we're going to be called out of this life. So help us, even if people may be innocent bystanders and called out, that they will be prepared to meet the King of glory. We're praying today that you will bless the word of God, bless the hearers and the deliverer. We thank you right now and give you the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Genesis 17, I'm going to give you the scriptures as I read them, beginning at verse 15. I'm going to read 15 through 19. Genesis 17, 15 through 19. For those that are writing them down, as I say them, you can write them down. I'll be reading from the New International Version. Genesis 17, beginning at verse 15. God also said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? (laughs) Will Sarah bear a child at the age of ninety? And Abraham said to God, if only Ishmael might live under your blessing. Then God said, yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son. And you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. Verse 21, chapter 17, verse 21, just go right to 21. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you by this time next year. 
Jump over to chapter 18, pick up at verse 9, 9 through 15. Chapter 18, verses 9 through 15. Where's your wife Sarah? I want you to know this is the Lord speaking to her as he, as he has come with two angels and he's standing before Abraham. Where's your wife Sarah? They asked him. There in the tent, he said. Then the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already old and well advanced in years. And Sarah was past the age of childbearing. Sarah laughed to herself. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I am old and worn out, will my ma- and my master is old, will I have this pleasure? <laughs> then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child? Now that I am old, is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I didn't laugh, I, I, not, not me. But he said, yes, you did laugh. <laughs> Jump over to chapter 21, verses 1 through 7. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant. And bore a son to Abraham in his old age. You keep noticing they keep saying old age. At the very time God had promised him, Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. I think that Isaac needs to know if there's an Isaac in the house. There is an Isaac. In, is there an Isaac in the house? Yeah, I thought there might be an Isaac in the house. That um, um, you were prophesied long ago. <laughs> Verse six. Sarah said, "God has brought me laughter." And everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. The title that I've given this is A Promise Worth Waiting For. A Promise Worth Waiting For. The name Sarai means princess. The name Sarai means princess. Isaac means he laughs or laughter. Ishmael means God hears. And Sarah, the name change means she knows. Abram, the name Abram before his name change was, means a high or honored father. Abraham means father of many nations. God has a way of changing names to show that there is a change in the nature 
of a person, meaning that God is establishing his covenant with an individual. Name changes oftentimes meant that God was making a covenant with a person. It is interesting that when Abraham had laughed, that that Abraham was like, Lord, you've got to be kidding. (laughs) Me? A father? Now, Lord, just go ahead and bless Ishmael. He must be the one that you must be referring to. And Lord said, okay, I'll bless him because he belongs to you. But no, I said Sarah's going to have a child. The first point that we want to look at, and that is Sarah included in the promise. Writing the points down, we're going to hopefully get to three points. Sarah included in the promise. There tends to be an overlooking of Sarah's role in the promise that God made to Abraham. We oftentimes look, look at the promises of Abraham, but we often don't, we fail to realize that God made a promise to Sarah as well. It is quite well known that God said, Abraham, you're going to have a child in your old age. And Sarah is going to be the mother. So many focus on Abraham, but today we focus primarily on Sarah, but we also include Abraham because he can't be left to the side. We also want to note, as mentioned, that with the changing of names, it is associated with God establishing a covenant with his people. The Lord called Abraham or Abram out of Ur the child of the, of the Chaldees. It was a place where the Philistines, if I'm correct, had lived. You see, Abraham uh, grew up in a pagan land. Abraham's family were idol worshippers. And when the Lord called him out of Ur, the Lord was calling him unto himself and said, I'm going to Make my covenant with you, but you need to come away from your household. Abraham's brother had passed. And before he passed, though, he had a couple of children. And the name of Lot was given to one of his children. When, when Abraham left, he took Lot with him. When he left the land. But if you look at the story of Abraham closely, you will note that when he was with his father, it took Abraham some time before he actually pulled away from his father and came unto the Lord as directed. Sarah was to be the mother of many nations. Verse 16 says that kings would be coming out of Sarah. Can you imagine this? A lady that that had not born any children was going to be the mother of nations and the mother of kings. God has a way of messing up our plans. Has a way of just doing something totally different. You think God is going this way? He says no. God seems to wait to the last minute or beyond the last minute of what we think, and when we say it just can't be done, God says, I'm here. (laughs) Just when you've given up all hope of anything being accomplished, God steps into the picture and lets you know that I'm here. When we've thrown everything to the wind and said there's no point in going on, Everybody left the party. 
There's all type of debris everywhere, and the stadium is empty, but one person remains. God says, now I'm going to show you what I'm going to do. You see, we have a problem of really trusting God and believing him. And so we oftentimes will laugh, not because we think it's funny, but we laugh out of a sense that, that says, God, you really cannot do this. You can't do this. Our laughter at God when he says, I'm going to do it, is saying, that's impossible. But there is a laughter that says, ha, God, go ahead and show yourself and let me see what you're going to do. And so, and so Sarah in her old age and Abram are promised a child. God takes Abraham's laughter and tells Abraham to name his son Isaac. <laughs> Don't tell me that to you. God has a sense of humor. Takes the very laughter and then names the son after Abraham's laughter. Call him Isaac. Isaac, your name means laughter, or he laughs, just so that you know, if you did not know that before. Our doubts tend to lead us in the wrong direction. Now, Sarah, when she did not have children, told Abram, who became Abraham, to go marry Hagar. Hagar was an Egyptian um, slave in Egypt, and, and when Abram... I'm going to just say Abraham just so that, you know, just for clarity and continuity. When there was a problem of famine in the land, Abram went down to Egypt. And he goes to Egypt. And, and the Bible says that Sarah was a very beautiful woman. So much so that even in her older age, she was noticed by everybody in town and praised to the king. The king said, I want her. But Abraham had told her to lie because of his intention. Now, she was his half-sister, but there was trickery involved. Two times this happened when, before the king of Egypt and also before, I think it was Abimelech. But in going to... Egypt, they ran into a problem. Evidently, they brought back Hagar from Egypt. Now, it was customary that if a woman couldn't have a child, they would use a surrogate. But something that many people miss, they think that Abraham just had relations. But no, he actually married Hagar. The problem is that that's not what God said. You see, when we try to help God out, we really create a mess. We tell God, you, God, you, let me, let, God, come over here so we can talk. Let me talk to you. Come to my office, Lord. Have a seat. Let me explain what's happening. You see, Sarah is this age. I'm this age. And so because you said a child, we understand what you really meant. I'm to have a child by another woman that I'm going to marry, and that will become Sarah's child. 
So we're going to help you out today because you left out some of the details. So that's what you really meant. When we decide to improvise, we always get in trouble. You see, God does not need your help. He was doing just fine at the beginning of time. When he created this world, in fact, even before he created this world, he was just doing just fine. When God made this earth, it was perfect. When we came, he started looking over the banisters in heaven and said, what are they now doing? What trouble did they now get into? <sighs> Let me go down and see what they're doing and help them out. That's when we get involved. And so Abraham and Sarah devised a plan by which they're going to help God accomplish his purpose. The only thing that we need to understand is that we need to get in line and do what God says. Don't add anything to it. This word right here is complete. Don't start adding your own words to it. What God really means. Now, I know we go through interpretation, but we add other verses. We add other books. There's a book, if you didn't know, called the Book of Revolutions. That's after Revelation. That's the 67th book of the Bible. So if you're looking for the Book of Revolutions, come and see me. Got a special Bible for you. The Lord does not have a, promise, a problem completing and doing what he says. He says, I'm going to do this. So we know that Abraham and Sarah devised this plan. Hagar has a child, and it became a major problem in the sense of what happened in the household. It created problems. Now, now as, we, as we go on, When God makes a promise to us, we need to understand that as a mother, it is very important that you establish the context to just do what God says. Mothers oftentimes are the ones that run the house. It is a mother that sets the tone oftentimes in the house. It is a mother that oftentimes is helping to train those children Rear them up, get them ready for school, doing all the things that's necessary to give them the training that they need. And so Sarah's role was going to be very, very important. Sometimes mothers feel less than because of what they're doing maybe in the home. Some mothers don't work outside the home, some do. But for mothers that work inside the home and not outside, there, there tends to be sometimes, oh, that, is that all what you do? Well, let me tell you, you come and take my job for a week. And I'll take yours for a week. And let's see who's doing better at the end of the week. Some of you take the job back. I, I don't want it. <laughs> Sometimes. 
When we consider what God does, God was not leaving himself out of the equation. You cannot have a household run successfully if God is not included. God created family, but he never created family to run without him. We have to understand that what God says he's going to do, he's going to do it. And Sarah is going to be the vessel that he's going to use to accomplish his task. Point number two, the promise to be fulfilled. If you look at chapter 18, beginning at verse 19, we notice what we call a Christophany or a theophany. Theos means God, a theophany. Can anyone tell me what theophany, what a theophany is? Sometimes it might be a theophany. For those who have been studying, what is a theophany? God appearing in another form. Excellent. When we see Christ on the scene, it is Christ. So when we look at the three angels that come to, um, to Abram, that we call that a theophany or a Christophany. Let's look at verse number 9, and I'm going to be letting you go after just a little bit here. Chapter 18, verse, verse 9. Let me actually go back to verse 1 to bring this into context for you. Context. The Lord appeared to Abram near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. It is believed in history that one of the men that was there was an angel Two are angels, and one was actually the Lord himself. Jesus Christ had come down the a Christophany, or we call it a theophany. When the Lord, then in verse number 9, when we pick up, it says, Where is your wife, they asked him. It is from the three visitors that had come to Abraham as the Lord is on his way to Sodom and Gomorrah. The Lord stops by Abraham's wife to confirm what he said before that, Sarah is going to have a child. And it is at this point that the Lord is establishing and saying it's going to come to pass at, by this time next year. And it is Sarah that is behind the tent of, was behind the tent, listening in. We call that eavesdropping. Some of y'all just call it just plain being nosy. But she's listening to what the Lord is saying. And, as, and as, as the Lord is telling Abraham, Sarah is listening. And we have to understand that while she is out of sight and laughs within herself, <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Lord says, why did Sarah laugh? How did he know what I was thinking? This passage deals with God being able to discern the hearts of individuals. Being able to know what you're thinking. Being able to know what, what you're saying, even in your spirit. To know what your thoughts are. Only God knows that. 
This is another indication where we know that one of the three here is the Lord himself. As he's able to discern the heart of what Sarah is even thinking. And Sarah, out of being scared, lies and says, I didn't laugh. I, I didn't laugh. And the Lord said, yeah, yes, you did. <laughs> and that's a direct confrontation. Yeah, you did laugh. And the Lord says, the promise is going to be fulfilled through your son, Isaac, which means laughter. Isaac's name is once again fitting for the circumstance as she laughs in unbelief. But later when she laughs, it is one of delight. You see, God's promises really are worth waiting for. You see, if your promise comes too soon and you are not ready to receive it, you don't always know what to do with it. You see, you can sometimes receive something and not appreciate it. I'm going to tell you something that happened to me. I'm going to tell it myself. I'm like, tell it, tell it. I see somebody trying to eavesdrop right now. Some years ago, I had been waiting for a shirt that my wife had promised to make me. I had waited for a long time. And so on this Saturday, I guess I was just in a bad mood. I'm thinking, He's making stuff for all kinds of people, kids and everything. I'm supposed to have this shirt. How come I ain't got no shirt? And I'm just all upset. You know how we start getting upset we work ourselves up even more? Oh, yeah. Right? You know how that is. Like, you start getting upset and, you, you know, you kind of, yeah, that, I, that was me that Saturday. It was a Saturday, too. I remember. <laughs> got up and, and all that time before, I hadn't really been tripping, you know. But that day, I must have been in a bad mood or something. I don't know. And she had been promised for a long time. And so, finally, she comes in the room and tosses a wrapped present on the bed. I felt that big. No, that big. <laughs> Inside that package was the shirt that she was going to be given to me on Christmas. My blessing that I was looking for, I couldn't appreciate in the same way. It was ruined by my action. It was coming. If I just waited a little bit longer. But that day was my day to be upset. And the whole mood and day changed. Because she had taken the time and had wrapped it. And there I am. Pouting. It's been a long time. And so, what well, would it make a difference if I waited longer? I had other shirts. I had two or three at the time. <laughs> we sometimes can blow it when we demand the promise too soon. And so the whole atmosphere and mood can change if it comes at the wrong time. 
God promised, I'm going to bless you, but it's going to come at this time. So you see, we have to remember that the promise really is worth waiting for. Because when it comes, you'll be able to, you'll be able to enjoy it, and then others around you will call you blessed. Not, not all the time, but for Sarah's case, look at Sarah in her old age. I can see Abraham, come here, Sarah. <laughs> come on in this tent, Sarah. <laughs> He's 199, she's 89. The Lord kept saying they're old. So the Lord put a spark on them that night. So we're going to just go on right here to point number three as we conclude this message here. Chapter 21, we're going to look at point number three. I tell you, Mother, I'm going to let you out of here pretty soon. All right, let me hurry up because we have some flowers to give to you as well. Chapter 21, the promise fulfilled, the promise fulfilled. The Lord gave circumcision as a sign. Welcome, 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 Rhonda. The, the Lord gave, <laughs> okay, everybody, all, our eyes bowed. Let's just prepare, prepare to dismiss. Rhonda's here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> The Lord says the promise, we say here in point three, the promise fulfilled. Circumcision was a sign that the Lord gave Abraham that 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 was going to be a covenant between him and the Lord. So the Bible says that when the child was born, if you look at the chapter, chapter 21, you'll see that the Lord said that on the eighth day that Abram, Abraham, he circumcised his child because that was the covenant that God established with his people. It's interesting to note that when you look at the Lord signifying the eighth day, why the eighth day? And we've talked about that in the past, that that, that blood clotting is at its highest point on the eighth day. And it's interesting that way back in the Old Testament, that God set the eighth day as the day of circumcision. And, And so it's like, wow, God is concerned with all aspects of life. And and so the child is born, circumcision happens, and we find that Sarah laughs again. But this one is out of delight. Why? Because she was able to wait for the promise. She was able to wait for the promise that God said. And the Lord has blessed her to this day. Abraham and Sarah are still experiencing the blessings of God because of a promise made thousands of years before. You will be the mother of nations and kings. You see, when the Lord has plans for your life, gentlemen, if you can go down and bring the items up. If, if, you, if you understand that the Lord has plans for your life, that it's not only to affect one area here, but when the Lord has you waiting, it is to affect vast areas beyond what you even thought um, capable you, you may have been thinking, oh, I'm going to be blessed with this. But God has plans for you that far exceeds what you can even think or even imagine. And so in our limited scope, we think that God is blessing only here. But God has greater plans for you. It is often us that limits God. Our view 
is small, but God's view is large. It's expansive, and it goes beyond what you even thought possible. It's when we learn to wait on the promise that God made. You see, God waited till Abraham was 100, and he waited till Sarah was 90, when everybody knew they were past childbearing age. Only God could do this. No other way that this could be done but God. And so God waits until there's no human element possible to intervene or to say, oh, this just came about because of. No. She was already in menopause. Abraham was well past childbearing age. But when the Lord steps in, God is able to accomplish that which is impossible. In our circumstances, we have to realize that when God does a work, God will do a work in our lives, oftentimes by using natural means. That's how he oftentimes does it. So if God sends you a person to help you, Except it's, oh, no, I'm waiting for my ship to come in. No, your ship might be actually another person helping you. But the Lord told Sarah and Abraham that I'm going to do this through Sarah's own body. So you can understand and make sure you know that when God makes a promise, hold on. Now, be careful that you're not just actually wanting to believe something. You want something to happen. You know, we can get into that place. We can get some paper towels as well. And you know that there are times when we will do things and say, God is directing and leading me, and we know we ain't telling the truth. It's something that we want to do and say, Lord, I'm praying for this. Thank you for the answer. What do you mean, thank you for the answer? You ain't even waited for the answer. How do you know? We have to sometimes say, God may say, no, I'm not going that direction right now. And so if God says no, no, or wait, wait. But sometimes when we really want something, we'll say that God is doing it. Well, where did you get the answer from? I got it from the inside because I really just feel it. Well, okay. <laughs> you felt it because that's what you really want to do. But we have to remember that God will back up what he says. And so what you have to learn to do, you have to learn to wait for the promise. God bless you. Amen.